and, and, and they create such a jumbled word picture that you can't cut through the BS. Hey friends and family, my name is AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we begin, please make sure to destroy that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It helps us out tremendously as we're just a couple of guys who have figured out a lot of stuff about finances and want to make sure that we can share it with as many people as possible. And anything that you do as far as liking, subscribing, commenting, helps us out tremendously to get this message out. So today I want to cover infinite banking. I've heard about this and I see all these financial gurus talking about infinite banking and how this is the way to go. I even had a phone call recently where someone um, tried to sell it to me as a partnership, like like a, I was going to sell infinite banking as a part of an MLM and he wanted me to sell it on the YouTube channel and he didn't actually tell me he was a part of an insurance program at all. And then when I went and looked him up, I figured out later that's what he's trying to do. So this concept can be very confusing and it's taken me a long time to kind of lock down what it is. My first exposure to it was watching a Dave Ramsey episode where Dave says the whole thing is a scam. Well, I had a question for you. Um, I've been working with a financial advisor who's given me some advice and uh, he presented me with this infinite banking concept. Jesus, um, you're I kidding me. Money. Right. That you're, right. Bar- you're borrowing your own money and you're paying them interest? Yep. This is infinite banking for them. Um, Everyone in the financial field except people that work for them, we all think they're a joke. Dave, you you fired up about this one. Man, I tell you what, (laughs) pisses me off. Infinite banking my butt. And, and, And they create such a jumbled word picture that you can't cut through the BS. I never take anyone's kind of face value opinion on what it is that I should believe based off of you know, just someone's expertise in a field. Um, I want to know the reasons why something is the way it is. And if someone is an expert, they should be capable of explaining that to me. So some of you may know that I don't always take what Dave Ramsey says as f- at face value. And I often disagree with him. And I point out the reasons why I think he's wrong in specific cases. Although I do think he's right most of the time. In this case, since I didn't know anything about it, I didn't want to just assume that Dave was right, that it's a scam. I wanted to do more research myself and figure out what this infinite banking thing is all about. And there's a few things that I noticed just sort of as an overview. The people selling infinite banking as a concept are almost always selling insurance. So you'll find people on YouTube talking about how like infinite banking is the way to go. This is what rich people do. And also my link to my insurance is down below. Go ahead and throw me some money. That always kind of puts me off a little bit. I I hate hearing opinions in terms of like sales pitches that don't sound like sales pitches. Like tell me what it is that you're selling and tell me why I need it and compare it to other products. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that like this is what the wealthy do, it's infinite banking, this is the only way to do it, and all the kind of stuff around it is these vague sort of terms that I can't really grasp or understand, and then you then you point me to a link saying, now go buy insurance if you want to be rich. Ah, uh, that always is going to rub me the wrong way. So I was already kind of iffy on this topic. And so I got on the phone and I called my partner, Darren, and I said, hey, look, man, this is what I'm trying to figure out. He lands on the side that this is more of a scam. And he immediately told me so. And I was like, all right, look, let me tell you what it is that I understand it as. And you tell me whether or not it's a scam. So after looking really closely at all the information that we could find, we determined that it's not necessarily a scam 
The product itself isn't a scam. The sales pitches kind of sound scammy. And so we ultimately don't think it's an it's a scam. And they're not trying to rob from you. They are actually offering a product and their product does what it is that they say that it does. We just don't think that it is the best product that does the thing that they're advertising. And something really kind of sparked that off for me recently. I was watching an infinite banking YouTube video and I noticed that the guy didn't actually say rich people all do this, which is what everyone else has been saying before. What he said instead was rich people do something like this. Corporations, wealthy individuals that have used these products forever are mimicking their exact strategy or very, very similar. And I thought that was really interesting that he said that because that separates, you know, our product, which we're selling to you. It allows you to do something that the rich people are also doing. Well, it turns out that you're also capable of doing the thing that rich people do. So why wouldn't you just take that route instead? So I'm going to explain to you what I found in infinite banking, how you can do what rich people do and what the differences are so that you can make a decision on the best route. I don't know everything there is to know about this topic. So if you have some sort of expertise here, please comment down below. I'd love to hear it. But if you're selling whole life insurance and you're telling me that that's the way to go over my alternative that I'm about to present, I'm going to probably doubt your motives. So keep that in mind as you're commenting and making your arguments in the comment section. So this is the concept of how infinite banking works with whole life insurance. The first thing you're going to do is buy a whole life insurance policy that actually allows for these things to take place. So it's very important for you to do your research on which whole life insurance policy is required to make sure that this works properly because not all are created equal. And what you're looking for is a life insurance policy that holds a cash value. This is not official information, by the way. So as you're talking to people to find this information, make sure that you're you're getting all the right questions in there. I'm not a financial analyst. I'm just telling you the stuff that I figured out. So you're looking for something that has a cash value, meaning that the actual life insurance policy itself is being invested somewhere. And it's almost like you can consider it like an index fund in terms of you're purchasing this life insurance policy. The money that you're, you're spending into the insurance policy is being distributed in investments, much like an index fund. And then because that's happening, that has a value to it, meaning that if you were to transfer ownership, if you could, I don't believe you can, but if you could transfer ownership of this thing, that person can now assume the appreciation of how those stocks are split out. So it carries value much like if you were to sell an index fund, that index fund carries value, even though it itself is not a direct investment into any kind of business. So with that cash value, you're gaining appreciation. So the, the life insurance policy will invest it and give you appreciation. They do something what's that's called indexing. And this is where they, they advertise their product as being better than investing yourself or better than saving money over long periods of time, the concept is they're going to, you know, during good years of the economy, they're gonna give you a lot less return on your investment. So if you were to invest, like let's say your monthly premium is $1,000. So you put $1,000 into your whole life insurance every month, that $1,000, let's say on average, returns 5%. That's not terrible, but on years where economy is great, let's say like you know after this recession, it comes back at 25% they're still going to only pay you 
And in years when the economy is going bad, they're going to drop that down. And in some cases, they even drop it down to zero, but it'll never go negative. So where I'm seeing negative results right now, because my money is in the stock market and when the stock market drops, so does my net worth. In this policy, I would never see an actual negative. So I'm not going to see the high peaks and I'm not going to see, you know, any low under zero. So the, uh, the argument is like, okay, so if you treat this and pretend like it's a savings account, we're going to put the money into it, it will be invested for us, and it's going to return like a 0 to 5% interest rate, which is infinitely bigger than most, if not all savings accounts, even high yield savings accounts. And I will give that that's true. I think right now they're returning um, pretty low, but before when I was checking, it was somewhere between 5 and 7% on average for these policies. And my savings account was returning like 1.5, my high yield savings account. So yeah, you're, you're getting a lot more return for your money by putting it in this direction. And I get that argument. But on the flip side, when my stuff starts going back up and I start seeing huge gains in the stock market, I'm not seeing big gains inside of this policy. So the argument is then don't, don't compare it to the stock market, compare it to savings. Like this is going to be your savings. And the next question you may ask is, okay, well, if it's a savings, I should be able to get money out of it. Right. And you'd be correct. That's how savings works. I put it in there for, you know, some period of time with the expectation that I'm going to take it out. Now, what they do for whole life insurance is that you can take the money out in a form of a loan. So you take a loan out against your policy. If the interest paid on the loan is less than the interest gained on your policy, then technically the interest can be paid through the policy itself. So the policy will pay the interest off on the loan and you'll, you'll not see a decline in your overall value of your policy, right? So if your policy is returning 5% and you take out a loan at let's say 3%, you're going to still see your policy continue to grow even though you're paying the interest on the loan. Now you don't have to pay the loan back like anytime soon. And the loan also disappears when you die. They'll just take it out of the benefit with the actual life insurance part. So now arguably you have this cash that you're sitting on that you just withdrew from your withdrew from your account and you're not really paying anything on it in terms of a loan because your account is holding it. You're still gaining interest in your account. And if you were to call that a savings account, you'd be doing better with whole life insurance than you would with an actual savings account and you could get cash out like somewhere down the line. This is this is way, way down the line, but we're talking like 20 plus years from now, you can get a significant amount of cash out on this policy and then use that cash for whatever you want. You can invest it into other things. And because you don't necessarily have to pay back the principal anytime soon, you could decide how to pay it back yourself. You can kind of be more gambly with this money than you would otherwise. So like if you were to take it and put it into real estate, for example, you wouldn't, and maybe that didn't work out quite the way you wanted it to. That's okay. You eventually pay back this principal on your policy, but you could pay it back slowly over time. And let's say eventually you figure out this real estate thing and you start paying it back. That's okay. So there's no penalty for not getting your stuff squared away. So that's, that's a huge benefit as well. So because this takes so long to get going. So like in terms of when, when the real cash flow starts occurring is somewhere around you know, 10 plus years from now, we don't exactly know when it depends on the policy and, and you can usually figure that stuff out. But 10 plus years from now, you'll hear a lot of these guys advocating for getting this policy on your kids, because by the time they hit an age where they're going to start doing stuff, 30, 40, 50 years old, they're going to have an insane amount of cash reserves that they can uh, 
lend out from, and then use to do things like buy houses, buy cars. And, and the salesman will often say things like, you know, don't you want to set your kid up for success in the future? Like this is the thing that will always set them up. And for some people, I kind of understand the whole forced payment method. Like, um, people's, like people's homes are their biggest source of equity like the own home that they live in because they're kind of forced to pay that loan. When we're forced to have to put our money somewhere, we put it there and then we try to figure out everything else in our life. And when we're the ones doing the savings and investing, then we kind of skip that sometimes because it's no one's forcing our hand. So in the case of this policy, I can see how it would make sense to do something early on for somebody and then be forced to pay it. And then eventually you have that benefit and that equity kind of like you would in your home. But there's two main areas I've skirted around here, and I'm sure that you, you noticed at least one of them. The first is you're actually buying a product. Whole life insurance is a product in itself. All of this sort of side effect stuff of like, hey, you're going to give us money, we're going to invest it, and that's going to produce some sort of you know appreciation or dividend in the long run. Um, that's all extra on top of the product. So the product itself you're paying for. And so when I'm saying you're putting in $1,000 a month in your whole life insurance premium, not all that $1,000 is going into the actual market or the cash value of your of your plan. So some of that is going towards fees to the company that's producing this policy for you. Also, there's often an upfront cost of this whole thing. So just to get a plan, you have to put something down in order to make to kind of convince these guys that it's going to be something that you're interested in long term. The next the second major thing that you probably noticed is that this concept sounds awfully familiar almost like we've talked about it recently and we called it leveraging. So this is a pretty basic concept. So it's always kind of bothered me listening to the whole life insurance salespeople that like, you know, this is the infinite banking, be your own bank. You know, don't give money to the banks. They're just lending it out to other people. There's this thing called fractional reserve banking, be your own bank, put money into this whole life insurance policy that someone else is doing and then you can borrow money from that at some point and they'll invest it for you and take a bunch off the top. I'm like, man, that sounds an awful lot like what banking is. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But leveraging, if you were to just tell me like, look, you're putting your money into this thing and then you can just leverage the cash value of it to get loans. That now makes sense. We talk about that on this channel all the time. We talk about it in terms of real estate the most because you can get money from a bank fairly easily when it comes to real estate, because it's backed by something physical, interest rates are relatively low. I get that they're high now, but only because, you know, interest rates generally are up. They're lower than like credit cards or personal loans. And then you take that money and you buy a property with it and you rent it out and the renters are paying back the mortgage for you. That's called leveraging. Well, that's great. I finally found the guy that said that the wealthy are doing something similar to this instead of straight up saying that wealthy all have a whole life insurance plan. And it turns out that what they, what he meant by that was that they're simply just leveraging their, their investments. Like we talked about on this channel, not too long ago, if you have a whole bunch of stuff invested in a whole bunch of different things and you turn around to the bank and you're like, look, I'm making on average 10% a year on this money. I want to take out a loan against that to go invest into something else like a business or real estate or whatever. In some cases you can even do back in right into the stock market. That's called margin trading and it's backed against what you already own as far as, as far as, um, as far as investments go. So you just, so if we have like a 10% on average return on our investments, we take out a loan at like one to 3%, right? The difference 
means that we're going to continue to make money. That's going to continue to compound. And meanwhile, we have this cash that we can do something with. That's all the whole life insurance people are, are saying that they're doing. So then what's the advantage of doing the whole life policy versus my own program? Like, why couldn't I just go and invest in the stock market myself? And instead of, you know, taking the smaller amount of interest and getting all that cut off, I take all of that interest. And I could also take loans out against it. I can open up lines of credit against my investments the same way that you do with whole life insurance. And then I take that money and invest it. And also I don't have to pay back the principal on that loan anytime soon. You get to create your own payback schedule when it comes to um, lines of credit against investments. And also if my investments are producing enough appreciation, I could always pay the interest off on my loan using my investments. We talked about how that's not ideal. So already the whole life insurance has a, a part of their program that's not ideal. Ideally, you wanna pay off the interest with some other form of cash flow. So if we can take that money, invest it into something that's producing some kind of cash flow, pay back that loan with that cash flow, that's the best case scenario because our original investments keep appreciating. And now we have this new thing that's appreciating and paying the loan down for us. We don't have to think about it. So at the end, we'll end up with no loan and tons more net worth and all of our stuff will have appreciated during the meantime. You know, so what ultimately then is like the benefit to doing this whole life insurance plan and doing this infinite banking concept? I'm not entirely sure that I see it all. I see the benefit in terms of if, you know, if, if I'm investing myself, I'm going to take the losses on the years the economy goes down and the whole life won't, uh, policy won't go negative. So maybe that's good, but on the years where it's going up and I'm going to get like 25% return, I'm only going to get like five to 7% in this policy. So it sounds like if you have a hard time putting money into investments yourself and you need someone to force you, this may be something that's interesting. But maybe if you can get the motivation and intentionality to just invest yourself and to not take those investments when you you think it shouldn't matter, then maybe whole life isn't for you. Maybe we could just invest instead. So the other argument is like, okay, well, you know, your investments will go down in value over time. And if you can't weather that, um, that can be an issue. And that's also true. Maybe it, when we're thinking about this, we want to invest in a variety of things and some of which we want to make sure isn't going down in value over time. So um, in my case, I'm getting a really high return right now just on my high yield savings account, actually much higher than people in whole life would be getting. And I have a bunch of cash in there producing a pretty high interest rate because of the way interest rates are right now. And alternatively, when that switches, it's usually because the economy is doing great and I'm taking like 25% returns on my other investments. So as long as you have a really long time horizon, this will more than balance itself out. You'll end up making a lot more money. If you don't have a long time horizon, maybe that's not the answer for you. But then also, is whole life insurance the answer for you? Because that's also a long time horizon. So it sounds like, regardless of how you pull this off, a long time horizon is gonna be required. In conclusion, I think that it's better to do this myself by just investing myself because I don't need, you know, emergency cash out of a whole life insurance policy. And I can take out loans and a line of credit against my investments already. And I've already been considering doing that. Um, I'll make way more money in the long run. And I don't see a added benefit of whole life versus what I can do on my own. And now that I know that wealthy people are doing what I'm doing, 
and not some sort of like, you know, copied formula of something similar. So they're saying that like, look, whole life insurance is leverage, but not as good. Right. So now that I know that I'm doing the stuff that all the wealthy people are doing instead of the sort of worse carbon copy, I feel a little bit better about that as well. If you, if you have whole life, I'd be interested to know what your opinions are. Put them in the comments down below. If you know something that I missed, please put that in the comments down below. Um, I'd really be interested. So I've been researching this like nonstop. I've been talking to people nonstop and um, this is as far as I've gotten. So this topic seems way too complex. Like for example, when I called my bank about taking out a line of credit for my investments, or it, it took the guy that I called probably all of one minute to explain to me how that all works, what I can put the money in, how I can apply for it. And I was able to get up and running almost instantly. Meanwhile, I have talked to a lot of people and I've watched a lot of YouTube videos about this infinite banking concept. And this is as close as I've gotten so far. So I feel like the topic is purposefully obfuscated and, and made more complex to try and convince us that this is the way to invest our money so that they can make their commission. And I'm not super thrilled with that. So my final conclusion, sorry, rambling on towards the end here. My final conclusion, I don't think it's a scam like Dave Ramsey said, and I don't think it's as, ma as amazing as all the whole life insurance people are saying. I think it's somewhere in the middle here. And I think that there are better options to go ahead and do. And I think when Dave is saying that it's a scam, I don't think he means it's a scam in terms of you're being robbed. I think he's saying there are better options out there. This isn't the one. So even though it does produce what it promises, go get yourself a better option. So I wanna thank you for stopping by. Um, if you have any questions, please let us know. I know this is a confusing topic and people really wanna know and understand this stuff and I'd be happy to answer as much as I possibly can. And if you know anything that I missed, please comment down below, I'd love to hear it. And thank you for stopping by.